It's back. January. New year. New you. Or maybe new yuck. While some view the post-Xmas off-ramp as a timely interval to reflect and reset, while others scoff at fleeting intentions set to fade by February, I mean, who needs the torment? Then there's the middle ground, where many of us stand, serious about improvement without being militant. Wherever you land, it never hurts to reassess your beliefs about change and potential for progress. And, according to some research, while many of us foster an odd understanding of our capacity for change. There's a phrase, the end of history illusion, which refers to a set of studies with a peculiar finding, and it's this. Most people underestimate how much they will change in the future, despite knowing how much they have changed before now. So in other words, while acknowledging how much you have evolved in the past, you may only expect minor shifts beyond today. While harbouring little expectation for change is not surprising, you can point to previous experience as tangible evidence of the person you believe yourself to be. Yet the future is unknowable and anticipating changes down the line is tricky. As a result, you may assume that past developments have led you to where you are now and this is how you're set to remain in the future. Well, in a nutshell, we recognise evolution in the rearview mirror. So while we can often point to these prior phases of development, we also tend to assume the story is complete. Well, that's it. All done. Game over. Just get the head down and knuckle down through to Friday then. And yet, well, that's a bit low energy and maybe deterministic. So beyond shaky affirmations, what can we take from these studies to move ourselves forward? Because, well, whether we like it or not, personal change or progress or evolution, whatever badge we give it, it happens. Or with or without your consent, it's happening now. So it's worth a step back to consider what you might like this development to entail and how you might like to direct it. So rather than getting tied up in goals, there's a more helpful place to start. Skills. For instance, many people might set the goal or task of finding a more rewarding job or a better, fulfilling relationship. However, fewer people will pay attention to the specific skills required to bring such desires to fruition. As a result, the likelihood of accomplishment remains less viable. So if you want to improve your prospects in any endeavour, Attempt to be specific about the learning required to make what you want plausible. Well, instead of what do I want to be, you might begin with what do I need to be doing? In other words, how can you apply yourself to develop the skills you need? And then these further questions will aid your thinking. One, what is it that you want to experience? And you have to keep asking this question until you get to the core of your hopes if you do, you'll have to address the underlying beliefs, doubts, fears and motivations, the emotional landscape that fuels your desires. And then you want to ask, well, what skills, practical and emotional, are you prepared to learn to help make this happen? And because life happens, you need to anticipate what might prevent you from developing your skills and how you respond should this happen. Well, if nothing pops to mind just yet, here's something ambivalence. Sly, mendacious and low energy, ambivalence is set to hamper your decision-making faculties. So let's take a closer look at what this theme entails. Well, understanding ourselves and other people requires a toolkit of competencies. Two of these are being able to identify the themes, these are the recurring patterns that emerge in your life, and two, learning to ask better questions. 
As humans, we tend to get seduced by life's plot. These are the twists and turns, the he-saids and she-saids of daily adventure. As a result, we often lose sight of what matters. So, instead, to purposefully reflect on your direction, aim to identify and hear the themes that emerge in your life. Or you can think of these themes as habits or contours that characterise and shape the landscape and experience of your life. And a common theme, for many of us, is ambivalence. Now, ambivalence refers to the state of having mixed feelings or contradictory ideas about something or someone. The state of ambivalence is a surefire ticket to analysis paralysis and decision fatigue. Ambivalence invites drowning in the pros and cons of a situation and this often gives rise to inertia. To illustrate, here are some typical scenarios. Career changes. Well, you might want a better job, but also fear losing stability. Relationships. Perhaps you're torn between valuing companionship and fearing the loss of independence. Health choices. You want to quit smoking, but enjoy the immediate gratification. Education. Well, you aim for higher learning, but perhaps you worry about the cost and the potential for failure. Parenting. You're caught between the joy of having kids and the required lifestyle changes. Social interactions. You want to voice your thoughts in a group, but perhaps fear judgment. Financial decisions. Well, you need a home or car, but then might feel anxious about financial commitments. Retirement. You're excited about freedom, but also concerned about financial security and purpose. So essentially, it's a situation where it's, well, if I do this, I'll lose that. But then if I do that, I might miss this. Yet, here's the thing. In reality, the only loss is the constant struggle of should I or shouldn't I. A wavering represents a cumulative cost to time, focus and energy otherwise better spent because while caught up in deciding, the essential theme is the underlying fear of what you assume will happen should you make the wrong decision. Here's a typical tale. In truth, John knew it was time to move on and find a role more aligned with his temperament. Yet, caught in a cascade of what-ifs, he wavered and delayed. He finally left the job but not before the doctor had signed him off with stress, and John had wasted time and suffered the consequences as a result. So to combat ambivalence, you must get clear on the potential consequences of procrastination. Well, here are three questions to help you in the journey. What advantages might you miss by not making a decision? Or what are the potential repercussions of not deciding? And what if there was no wrong decision? Well, painting the picture of one option in detail, including the pros and cons, is also helpful. Now, if you like pen and paper, here's a handy aid to help get the ambivalence-busting decision detection juices flowing. It's a practical skill that can help you along, and it's sometimes referred to as the power of 10. So, as a quick tool to broaden and organise the scope of your thinking, the power of 10 is a decent antidote to ambivalence. So if you find yourself snagged between choices and getting lost in the pros and cons of a situation, do this. Grab a whiteboard or a piece of paper. Next, create two columns, one for both options. And then you'll want four rows for 10 minutes, 10 weeks, 10 months and 10 years. And for each option and time frame, answer this question. What will it mean to me and how would it feel should I pursue this option? 
And in the written article, I've included an example of what this might look like for someone who's deciding whether to stay or leave a current job that they're in. So, for instance, well, should I take the new role or stay put for now? You want to think about what would these options mean to you and how would it feel in 10 minutes, 10 weeks, 10 months and 10 years? Should you stay or should you decide to move on? Of course, the exercise requires a degree of conjecture and you can't know for sure how you'd feel. But if one of those possibilities gets you more excited than the other, this response says something and it's your task to reflect upon what this is. If you carry this out thoroughly and honestly, you'll be well positioned to clarify what motivates you and what might be pulling you down. Now remember, motivation is an appetite. Well, it's hard to force someone to eat if they aren't hungry. And likewise, nobody else can motivate you. Motivation is a precious and irreplaceable asset, so treat it carefully and acknowledge its role in informing your judgment and moving you forward. Thanks for listening.